Well, hello, all of my fly friends. It is the one and only Trina Nicole, your fly girl with fly girl, back for episode four. I'm so excited that you're here. I hope you've had a chance to listen to episodes one, two, and three. And just to get a feel for like who I am, what I'm here to do, I always like to say I'm just here to try to educate, encourage, and empower others. I do feel like I need to say this though. Going forward, every episode won't just be about fibro. Like that could get really boring really fast. So I will be mixing it up just a little bit, but I felt like at least the first few episodes would be good just to, you know, kind of break the ice and uh, let people know like what I'm trying to do, like what my platform, what my mission is. So now in saying that, I feel like in the first few episodes, like I really haven't talked about my book. So I wrote a book. (laughs) So the time that I launched my podcast, my blog, flygirlwithfiro.com. I also released my debut book. It's my baby. I am so extremely proud of it. Also called Fly Girl with Fibro. So what the book is about, um, I kind of just chronicle my journey with this condition. And what I mean by that is doctor, some doctors believe that fibro can be caused by stress, trauma, genetics, a combination. So I really was thinking about like, okay what like why did I develop this like what happened and as I really started kind of narrowing down events in my life things in my childhood some trauma some things I've been through some deep stuff um it it made me really like put it on my heart to share my story with the world um and I will say that I feel like I have been getting such positive and just amazing feedback on it um, so I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm so proud. It's my baby. Um, so speaking of my book, um, I just got to do this really dope event. There is a new like collaborative space called the Sherman Phoenix, um, in Milwaukee. And what it is, 27 small businesses, all black and minority owned came together and they're all housed in this one building and it's so cool I mean there's uh, food restaurants makeup hair nails um, I think they have a a barbershop a salon spaces opening and what's really cool is they have mental health services therapy physical therapy massage um, they have an art space um, where they like host like the sipping paints and things like that. Um, it's just it's really dope. So they open their building to other small businesses and vendors to do like a pop up shop this weekend. And I was so lucky to be included in that. So in doing that, like I made so many great connections, networking, and drum roll, please. I sold out of my book. I was like elated because I honestly didn't know like how it was going to go. And I only say that because the turnaround for this event, this all happened within a, within like a week where they like were looking for vendors. You know, you had to email them. They had to, they were being very selective about who could pop up and selected. And we did the event on Saturday. 
So I didn't have a ton of time to really like prepare, but I will say that my little table was cute, honey. I had the gold sequin linen and all that. Just, you know, very inviting. I was encouraging people to come to my table. Like, let me tell you about my book. And the good thing, too, is that I'm not shy because they had me by the front door. And so as people were coming in and going out, I'm like, hey, where are you going? Don't leave. Let me tell you about my book. <laughs> so what was also really dope about that is I met so many people. I was actually very surprised and it was interesting how many people were like, oh, my gosh, I have fibro, too. My mom has it. My sister has it. My aunt, my coworker, my friend. And you know and and so many people like you know nobody talks about it nobody really I'm like right because a lot of us we suffer in silence it's easier to not talk about it because you know when we try to explain it it's just like a lot there like you know people don't believe us sometimes like the symptoms vary it's just it's a lot so I think a lot of us just prefer to just stay silent about it but yes it was so just very interesting how much feedback I got as far as like how many other people are suffering from fibro or know someone that's suffering so as you know people were approaching my table and I was just like pitching the book and I'm like this is my story it's my journey and I sold out and one customer she was so funny so she said she was a nurse and she's like oh yeah I always like to read anything kind of health and like medical related like I'm really into that So she looked at the book and she's like, oh, you know, I'm going to think about it. And then she came back around, she read the back and she bought it. So then she went to go sit down in like kind of this common space that they have. And she started reading the book. So she gets up and she comes to me and she's like, oh my gosh, I love how you write. I can't wait to finish this. She's like, I just read the first few pages and I'm so excited to read this. And as other people were like coming to my table, she's like, get this book. So shout out to her. I didn't even catch her name, but she was telling people, no, get the, get her book. <laughs> so um, I just want to thank everyone that bought a book. I was, like I said, elated that I sold out yesterday. It was such an amazing experience. However, as amazing as it was, I, by the end of that, I was in so much pain yesterday and I literally, you know, my book, it's fly girl with fibro pushing through the pain like literally I was pushing through the pain to promote my book to promote my brand um because oh my gosh my back I'm just basically head to toe everything was hurting everything was throbbing um by the end of that so like I said the turnaround of me even doing the event was kind of quick so you know I, I wish I could have had somebody there helping me but it's just it was so quick I'm just like okay I'm gonna just take everything in I set everything up um my back like almost immediately like my back is it seems like my back never stops hurting like my back is always hurting um but yeah yesterday my back um I didn't want to be rude I was trying to like stand and speak to people instead of like me sitting as they're approaching my table but sometimes you know I like I just had to sit because my back and my hips And by the end of it, oh my gosh, my knees, like my hands, just everything. And I had like this pounding headache. Now, part of that could have been, it was so busy. I didn't have time to, I didn't take a break. So yeah, literally from 9.30 to like 5.30, 
I was moving and talking and, you know, um, vending <laughs> more so, more more or less. Um, I did have some water and like a snack, but I thought I would have time to like get something to eat because there's there are like little restaurants and um, inside of that building. But like I said, it was so busy. And you think I would have learned my lesson from my birthday party. I had on heels again. But I will say this time they weren't like the skinny pointy toe. They were like a chunky, cute boot, lace up boot. Um, Yeah, no, like I need to invest in like having some cute flat shoes in my purse or my Ugg boots because mama knows better and I keep doing it to myself. So I can't blame anybody but myself. But, you know, I was trying to be cute and presentable. I had my little blazer on. And so, yeah, and it's so interesting, too, because. And, and I get it. Like, sometimes people sometimes just say what comes to their head and maybe, like... But I kept getting yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Like, you're so pretty. I can't believe you have that. And I'm like, huh? Um, but, you know, disease, condition, illness, it doesn't discriminate. Like, it doesn't matter if you're pretty or skinny or whatever. Like disease doesn't discriminate so I don't know that was kind of like I always kind of make a face like huh like so if you're pretty you can't be ill but I mean like I've you know if you follow me on social media I always say I'm here to break the stigma of what illness is supposed to look like because I don't look like what I go through you know people have a hard time believing that there's something wrong so I guess in a way it's it's kind of it's good like I'm that I'm you know putting myself out there and sharing my story and being completely transparent and even I was with the customers yesterday like as some of us got you know talking about you know fibro and things and I was just telling them like I'm in a lot of pain right now <laughs> but I I'm here I committed to be here I have to push through um so I think people were really like inspired and, and encouraged by my story and they bought the book so again thank you to everyone that has gotten a copy so far I'm so happy that it's being so well received because it you know it's scary to put your story out into the world and out into the universe but I'm so happy that I did because it's just opening up a lot of different opportunities for me so I'm talking about the book also because I kind of want to talk about doctors diagnosis and being dismissed yes And there's a particular reason I'm going to get into it because I'm going to tell you why I'm frustrated right now with not so much my doctors, but I'm going to tell you the story in just a minute. But uh, chapter seven in my book is called I Am the Expert of Me. So let's let's think about that. Right. I am the expert of me. So like who knows me better than me? Who knows you better than you? Not my mama, not my sisters, not my kids, not my man, not my friends. No, I am the expert of me. And I say that to say that getting a diagnosis was so difficult. And I feel like it's more difficult than it needed to be. And I say that because prior to my diagnosis, I had been going in to just like a primary care and just complaining of persistent and like constant pain. Now, initially, 
I think the first thing that took me took me in for pain um it was before I had my third son uh, I want to say around like 2012 2013 I had started developing this right hip pain and it would hurt so bad like it literally like I would limp to walk and it would be like pain shooting down my leg so I went in I I feel like we did do like a CAT scan or MRI no, I don't think the first time we did it, actually. So the first initial visit, um, they were just like, oh, we think it's just, they were saying it's, it was bursitis of the hip, which is basically like the inflammation of the hip joints. Um, so they basically just said, take ibuprofen for pain. I'm like, okay, well, it seems like it's a little more than that if like my whole leg is hurting and I'm like limping to walk, but okay. So took the ibuprofen. I feel like it might have taken the edge off, but the the bursitis or whatever it was, like it kind of came and went, came and went. So I kind of just learned how to like manage it and just like take ibuprofen and just try to rest. So all of so I have three boys. All of my pregnancies were rough. All three of my pregnancies, I had really bad back pain. My third pregnancy my almost eight pound baby was pressing on my sciatic nerve so during pregnancy I actually had to go to physical therapy and you know every like most pregnant women we kind of have like this little penguin waddle when we walk so I remember going to physical therapist and the physical therapist was like why do you walk like that <laughs> and I kind of had this like right to left kind of waddle I'm like, it's the only comfortable way to walk because my back and my hip, like everything hurts so bad. Well, they ended up saying I had sciatica because he was pressing on that sciatic nerve and it was causing so much pain in my back, my hip, really the right side, back, hip, legs. So then that was interesting because I'm like, well, this feels similar to what they were saying was bursitis, but the bursitis is more localized, like just in the hip. And now it was like back hip um leg right leg so um my third well all three actually pregnancies I also had three c-sections um so with that you know you get I had spinal taps you get three spinal taps how they numb you to get you ready for surgery so my back pain is tricky because sometimes it's like well is it fibro is it something with the sciatic nerve is it you know um lingering effects from pregnancy could it be lingering effects from having anesthesia administered three times in my back that's it's tricky so like i was saying before i just feel like my back pain like kind of never goes away so let's fast forward so i start seeing this primary care doctor and i'm still complaining of you know back and hip pain and she was just like you know I think it's just you're you're overworking yourself you're so young we wouldn't think like anything really serious is going on and they kept sending me home with like ibuprofen I think they did MRI CAT scan I don't know the difference x-rays or whatever um and they didn't see anything so I keep going in and then she finally refers me to an orthopedic doctor. I think that's how you pronounce it. And the orthopedic doctor is the one that they actually specialize in 
the musculoskeletal system. That was a colossal waste of time. First of all, if you ever talk about somebody feeling dismissed, this doctor came in, kind of tapped on some joints, kind of examined my back, and was like, there's nothing physically wrong with you. You're probably just overworking yourself or the repetitive motions that you do every day. Take ibuprofen for pain. And he walked out. I wanted to cry and not because like I was sad. It was because I just felt kind of defeated. Like, and I was angry that like he like really wasn't listening or trying to dig deeper and just kind of figure out what the problem was. He just kind of dismissed me. Oh, take ibuprofen. It's just like all this time they're steadily saying, take ibuprofen. Okay, but if that's not working, at what point as a medical professional do you start kind of digging deeper? What other tests can we run? Let's try to rule out other things. Like you've come in here, you know, having the same pains. So I go back to the primary care doctor and I'm like, I don't agree. You know, you guys keep saying that it's just me overworking myself. At this point, I'm only um, 29 years old. Um, And I'm just like, there's something else going on. So she then sends me to physical therapy. And kind of like, thank God she did because it was my physical therapist that after a few sessions, she's like, you know what? There's something else going on with you. She's like, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know for sure, but we really need to figure out because we both knew that the physical therapy wasn't really working. The thing about it is sometimes you can do things and it's like a temporary fix. Like you feel okay after, but if the pain immediately returns like the same night or the next day and you're still in the same pain, like this is not working. I would do like the little bit of like the stretches she sent me home with like, okay, I'm going to try. And it's not helping. Like, this is ongoing, persistent pain. So she then said, and I told her, I'm like, I just feel like I, I keep saying this to doctors and, like, no one's listening. She's like, I want you to see this other doctor. He was also a primary care. So she let him know, I guess, like, kind of what maybe she was thinking what was going on. But she just kind of, you know, let him know, like, there's something else going on. Now, prior to me seeing him, though, my mom, hey, mom, shout out to my mom. She's a nurse. So anything medical, even if it's not her field, per se, (laughs) she's an ICU nurse. I still always run it by her, whether it's like about me or my kids. So I'm talking to my mom about it. I'm just like, mom, just getting frustrated. Like, I don't feel well. I just and I also need to I don't think I mentioned I'm actually a migraine sufferer as well. And that's significant because some symptoms of fibro are persistent headaches so I've been dealing with migraines oh my gosh those started in my early 20s so I'm talking to my mom about it and I'm just like I just I don't feel well like she's like have you ever heard of fibromyalgia I'm like no can't say that I have she's like hmm she's like I have a sneaking suspicion like that's what's going on with you I'm like really go to my googles like let me look what what is she talking about i look it up and oh my gosh it was like a light bulb over my head like oh my gosh they're describing me like this is 
every symptom like this is me I can't sleep I'm fatigued I'm exhausted I'm tired I have headaches I have consistent ongoing pain like oh my gosh so I make the appointment with the doctor that my physical therapist referred me to and immediately even with his assistant felt very welcomed like you know I don't know the vibe was just different so she's so sweet um that assistant that he has so I'm talking to her I'm telling her why I'm here and like you know my physical therapist referred me she thought it would be a good idea to get another opinion but now you think I'm almost on like my third or fourth opinion right she says it sounds to me like you have fibromyalgia like just like that I'm like really now Because that's what my mom said, too. (laughs) So she was kind of like my second confirmation after I, you know, looked up everything on Google. So the doctor comes in. He does the examination. I really don't mention fibro, though. I'm just like, let me see what he says. And he does the trigger point test. So what that is, there are 18 trigger points on your body. If If they're touched and you respond, if it's like tender to the touch or there's like pain when they're touched, if you respond to 11 out of 18, it is thought that you have fibro. I responded to 12 of 18. So he's like, pretty sure that's what's going on. But let's try to rule out other things. So they did blood work. They did, they did, I think MRI CAT scans. What I don't know which is which, but um, just to rule out like other inflammatory conditions. Um, so, you know, uh, arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, things like that. So everything came back negative. So he went ahead and gave me the official diagnosis of fibromyalgia. And it's like, oh my gosh, finally. And it, but it sucks though, right? Because it's like bittersweet because like, yeah, that's not the diagnosis I wanted because like who wants any diagnosis, but it was good to finally have like a name for the pain. So of course everything good doesn't last forever. So I loved this doctor. I'm gonna call him Dr. M. Like Dr. M is so like he listens. It doesn't feel like judgmental. It doesn't feel it just feels like, you know, he's genuinely there. And he always says like, we're here to help you. And I just wish like more doctors felt like that. Like that's your job to like help your patient. And like I mentioned, my mom is works in healthcare. And she says, she's like, I see that all the time. She's like, if you're young, you are relatively healthy, you know, you look okay, all the tests come back negative, like you, you'll get dismissed. They don't take the time to dig deeper. And sometimes they think that you're just like medication seeking or, and that's like really unfortunate. And to me, it's very problematic. And unfortunately, I think there's definitely a disparity when it comes to black women, like for whatever reason, our pain, our struggle, just like we're not believed you know for whatever reason so and like we've seen that even with celebrities I I know you guys may or may not know of the story with Serena Williams the tennis player after she had her baby like she knew something wasn't right and she suffers from blood clots and initially how I read the story was the nurse kind of dismissed it and she had to basically like demand her doctor like no this is what I need and essentially like she saved her own life so I say that to say that sometimes you do need to be an advocate for yourself you are the expert of you 
right? So you need to speak up for yourself. And, you know, the way the doctors dismiss us, dismiss that doctor. And what Jay-Z say, on to the next, on, on to the next, you know? So don't put up with that if you're in that type of situation and you're feeling frustrated. And, you know, and I kind of had to learn that for myself as well. Like, I have to start, you know, being... Um, an advocate and, and speaking up for myself and being informed and being prepared with questions. I now like I write things down. Um, and the, my last appointment, I, I had like a page of things that I wanted to talk about. Like, this is what's going on. These are the changes. Like I'm not getting results with this medication. So definitely um, be an advocate for yourself. So as I was saying, all good things don't last forever. So how my employer insurance was set up, I started getting medical bills up my butt (laughs) seeing Dr. M, which sucked because I'm like, oh my gosh, like we have this great rapport, this great relationship. Our partnership is collaborative. We're trying to figure out like a treatment plan. So I start going to a doctor that was, it wasn't that he was out of network, but how my employer, we have like what they call like a wellness center that they encourage you to go to and when you go with the insurance like you never see a bill like everything is covered in that visit which sounds great but the staff is very small and very limited so I started to see someone there I'm gonna call her Dr. H initially the first visit with Dr. H was it was fine like we kind of just you know went over the history and we talked about it and um at the end she's like you know what we're gonna get you feeling better my goal is to get you feeling better which is great that sounds yes let's do that however I saw her a few more times and everything she was suggesting first of all most of it I had already tried and I explained that to her and she kept pushing me, you know, keep trying, do this, do this, try this medication. I actually was at the point with the medication that I was on, I wanted to get off because the side effects, my hands started shaking really, really bad. And I'm like, I don't want to be on this anymore. And she's like, well, I don't think it's a good idea to get off. So I don't, I'm not going to take you off. And I'm like, so I basically weaned myself off of the medication and sure enough, my hands stopped shaking. And her thing was, oh, I've never heard of that being a side effect. So I don't think it's that. Like just because you haven't heard of it doesn't mean that it's not. So sure enough, I was right. I weaned myself off and my hands stopped shaking. So one of the last visits I had with her, I sent her an email prior to my appointment and I'm being just completely transparent. I'm like, I don't feel mentally, physically, emotionally well. I have a lot going on. I just feel like I don't have the time to take care of myself. I'm a mom of three. I'm spread very thin. I work full time. It could have been, you know, seasonal depression is very real. The weather was starting to change as, you know, it gets darker sooner. I don't, I don't know. It's probably like a, a culmination of things. So I sent that email to her. So prior to my visit, it's like she kind of knows what I'm coming in and kind of knows where my head is at. I get to the visit. She read my email and she's like, well... She's just kind of suggesting the same thing she always suggests. I'm like, I hear you, but those things aren't working. I feel like I need a mental health break. I am requesting a little bit of time off 
so I can try to get the pain under control and just try to feel better. She told me, no, I will not grant you time off because, and I quote, I think you're just going to lay in the bed all day and that's not going to help you feel better. First of all, (laughs) I was like taken aback. I was there. I was livid because in my head, I'm like, what about me? makes you think that I'm going to lay in the bed all day. And I'm assuming she's saying like laying in the bed, like being depressed, quote unquote, because I'm saying I'm not mentally and emotionally well. I just couldn't believe it. And I'm just like, no, this, this is, this can't be right. Because if a patient is telling you what they need and now mind you, in the time that I got diagnosed and like the, other things have happened and you can the whole story is in my book so if you want to know all the details but I've been through some like really traumatic things the the murder of my father there's just like a lot of things going on I never had time to stop and process what was happening to me right so sometimes like you just need a mental health break like the life is coming at me at 100 miles an hour at this point, I'm a single mom working full time and and I was working in a call center of all places, honey. Like if you've ever worked in a call center, shout out to you for making it through. If you work in a call center, shout out to you because that is a stressful job. And I was a supervisor. So I I hate that I cry when I'm mad because I got because I get very like emotional I wasn't crying because I was sad I was pissed and I was more so pissed not that she wouldn't grant the time off but more so the reasoning why she wouldn't and then her think her saying like I'm just gonna lay in the bed all day I'm like what the like oh and you know not to bring race into it but it's like this middle-aged white woman is telling this a young uh, minority half black half Mexican minority brown black woman Like, I don't know. For some reason, that kind of bothered me, too. It was almost like she was talking down to me. And she was talking at me instead of, like, going a little deeper. Like, okay, well, I hear you. Like, why do you feel like you need this? Like, you know, talking about it. And it was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, okay. So what I'm going to do is go back to Dr. M. Forget about the medical, whatever. The medical bills will come. I'm going to have to pay, make, put a payment plan. Look, I can put five on it. It is what it is. I, I started going back to see Dr. M and I think that was the best decision for me and just my treatment plan and my overall wellness because he gets it. He understands. I tell him what happened. He was upset. He's like, that is unacceptable. That should have never happened. And, you know, he's like, how much time do you need? <laughs> so, so it's great just to have like, a doctor that listens and understands and I tell him all the time thank you for just listening thank you because it's not judgmental he's not talking at me it's not like he know he knows everything he knows what's best for me so I really appreciate that so remember in the beginning I told you that I'm frustrated now I'm going to tell you why so Dr. M put me on a leave it's just a short leave but you know what everybody sometimes just needs a break right 
now we are getting pushback from the company that like administers the FMLA and like the short-term disability leave. We're getting pushback from them. Basically them saying, I don't need to be off. I'm like, huh? I'm so confused. So I talked to my doctor's office in constant communication and she's like, I don't know why they're giving us so much pushback. We sent 15 pages worth of office notes to them explaining, you know, and and also just to be clear at this point, like my back is literally like tender to the touch when he examined me. I'm like, my whole back hurts, my hips, like I'm limping when I walk, like it's legit. It's legit that I need time. He's sending me back to physical therapy. We're trying to figure out like how to get this pain under control. It's legit that I need the time off. So even my doctor's office is confused. Like we don't know why they're giving us so much pushback. And it's just really unfortunate because it's like, who are you guys to tell, you know, someone or their doctor that that, that you don't think they need the time off? If the doctor's notes and everything like substantiate So now we're kind of in this back and forth and um, they granted like some of the time, but not all of it. And they're saying, oh, we need more follow up notes. And it's just been a mess. It's been an an additional headache. So that's why I'm frustrated right now, because I just feel like people, again, don't understand fibromyalgia. And my understanding is they had to have like a nurse review all of my office notes. And so I'm like. A nurse should, you know, better understand or kind of like, so I don't know. I'm, I'm just very frustrated right now because it, it, my doctor agrees it's something that we need. We're trying to get this pain under control. It's kind of ridiculous that I'm a 34 year old woman, you know, and I'm always in pain. My back is always, and I have heard, and I've talked to people who are a little bit older with fibro that it does get worse as you get older. And I'm already going on about three years of after the diagnosis. But like I said, I think I, I've had it for a while, but actually getting like an actual concrete diagnosis. So and the frustration and the stress probably is not making it any better because for me, I do feel like stress definitely is a trigger for me. And the fact that I live in the Midwest and it's like freezing cold. Cold is also a trigger for me. So I know what you're thinking. Like, okay, girl, move somewhere warmer. Look, I'm working on it. (laughs) Trust and believe that is part of the long-term treatment plan. But for right now, I have to be here. So I'm just trying to make the best out of it. So I know that was a lot. And I hope I wasn't talking too fast. But I was just trying to give you some background you know just kind of like what I've been through what I'm going through um and the overall message is like don't let these doctors dismiss you it's very frustrating I know I've been there um but definitely like if you feel that way like I said with Jay-Z on to the next on on, find you another doctor because one doctor is doesn't know everything and doctors always don't necessarily know what's best for you so it's always good anyway if you can to get another opinion if you can so I talk about like I said in my book um that's chapter seven I'm the expert of me and and just talking about that journey with the doctors and diagnosis and getting dismissed but I still really encourage you to read the book because how I break it down it's kind of almost like a chronological order of events that have happened like I said I've been through some trauma some stress stuff with my pregnancies like so much stuff that like I said I think contributed to 
me developing fibro and just sometimes like maybe our I think our inner pain the things that we keep bottled up the things that we don't talk about you know eventually like you keep it bottled up so long you're gonna implode and I think stress and just all of those things have a way of eventually manifesting itself into this physical pain you know in this condition so I'm working on it I'm still on my journey I'm just taking you along for the ride but I'm I'm definitely trying to also work on you know the emotional side and the mental side and just you know kind of working on myself from the inside out and trying more natural remedies and I'll definitely you know as I'm trying new things I'll keep you posted and keep you updated what's working and what's not um right now I am on a new medication and a different dosage um I can't really say yet if it's not really new like I've tried it before but I'm on a higher dosage I can't really say yet if I feel like it's working or not because I haven't been taking it that long. I will say it does help me fall asleep. So that's amazing because as you know, if you have fibro or any type of pain condition, sleep is tricky for us. Um, You know, we don't tend to sleep very well uh, just because of the pain for me. I'm kind of always back and forth um, because my hips hurt and I'm a side sleeper. And shout out to my grandma. Hi, Brams. I know she's listening. She listens to every episode and I love her for that. Um, she bought me a new a mattress topper to try to help. So I love her for that. She's always trying to help. And I have to tell her too, if, if you're listening, Brams, I'm sorry I missed the Christmas party. Um, my grandma, she has her Christmas party every year. And it was on the day of the event that I did. And I feel so bad that I missed it. But I know she understands. So like I said, she supports everything that I do. But it looked like it was tons of fun. And I can't wait to see her. She lives out of town. So I can't wait to see her for Christmas. We're super close. She's like my, one of my BFFs. So, But yes, so this episode went a little bit longer. But that's okay. Because like I said, I just wanted to kind of um, fill you guys in on my journey of, you know, with the doctors and the diagnosis. So definitely drop me a line. You know, I do respond. Um, hit me up on flygirlwithfibro.com, any of my social media, flygirlwithfibro. And let me know about your experience. Like, do you have a, a great doctor, a good doctor-patient relationship? Have you felt dismissed, maybe? Um, so definitely, i love to hear your stories. Um, and if you need any tips, advice, just some encouraging words I can send you some gentle virtual hugs whatever um definitely feel free to hit me up so thank you so much I'm gonna wrap up episode four I can't wait to bring episode five I hope you'll tune in thanks again for listening I'm sending lots of gentle hugs and take care